0: My name is Jodine Spire, and I'm the author of the book, Dump'Em, How to Break Up with Anyone from Your Best Friend to Your Hairdresser, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. And if you're not listening to Cut to the Chase, then you're on the wrong podcast. (laughs) So change that channel.
1: Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 109. I know everybody's going, my God, man, this guy just continues to crank out podcasts. He's become a podcasting fanatic. Well, today happens to be one of those interesting topics that we will share with a very dear friend of mine. And so today in episode 109, we will be talking about honest communication. And I know everybody's going, okay, this is now not becoming weird anymore. Greg doesn't have these crazy titles and we're trying to read between the tea leaves and figure out which direction he's going to carry us. Today, to our listeners I'm going to come right down the middle of the fairway with you and our featured guests, and I really want you to hang on to the journey because the storyline today is going to start right from the quote that I'm going to read, and the quote goes like this. I wish people could just say how they feel. Hey, I really don't like it when you do that to me. Hey, I'm in love with you. Or hey, I'm really I really miss you and I think about you all the time without sounding desperate. Why can't everyone painfully be honest and just save people the trouble? Honest communication. <clears throat> Excuse me. So today, Our featured guest is such a special lady. I mean, her energy, her, all of the activity that she's got going on, just, it just charges me as a host. And I tell you, you know, I found out so many great things about her and all of her alkylates. And I'm going to let you guys in on some of those fun facts. So she is the best-selling author at HarperCollins Book, with a book called, entitled, "Dump 'Em: How to Break Up with Anyone from Your Best Friend to Your Hairdresser. Now, if you can't have honest communication when you do something like that, you might want to go read that book again. She has also produced documentaries from the National Geographic, and she's worked on shows such as Joe Millionaire, Sheer Genius, and The Supreme Court of Comedy. She's also been featured on The View, Good Morning America, CNN, Rachel Ray, CBS, Early Morning Show, Sirius Radio, FM, BBC Radio, NRP, and CBS Radio. She's helped hundreds of people speak up for themselves to get what they want across in an honest and communicative way. She's empowered women and men alike Throughout her journey through one on one coaching, as well as lectures and seminars, she's also a contributor, a contributor, excuse me, to the Huffman Post. And one fun fact for everybody is that she is the sister of a stand up American comic uh, comedian, excuse me. And I won't even reveal that name until the very end. I'm going to leave you guys in suspense. And without further ado, Jodine Spire, do you have any open
0: remarks? I will also have to include cut to the chase and the long list of places that I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been on. <laughs> that will be in my. I'll have to put that. On, I'll have to update that on my website when we're done, Greg. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Excellent,
1: excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, certainly glad to have you on the program. You have done so much great work out there with kind of teaching, guiding, coaching, mentoring people on on honesty, because, you know, in your book, you basically draw the line between house guest and house pest you know, uh, taking your best friend. Well, yeah, I mean, it it really is. I mean, you you talk about having, you know, the, the fun factor of, of really saying, okay, how do you take, you know, your best friend and your worst enemy? And, and really when they take you to a point of no return, but yet you're still, you're still able to communicate with them in an honest and direct manner and get your point across. And, and to me, that was just so intriguing. I mean, I, I said to myself, you know, my best friend obviously is not my hairdresser, but, but <laughs> in the context of, you know, I can imagine you know being being a woman and having to go to to get your hair done, you may want to do that in the most diplomatic way possible, you know, so that uh, you know your your hair doesn't get jacked up as they mm-hmm. as they would say. <laughs> so Jodine, I mean, let's let's kind of jump into this a little bit. So what inspired you? To, to really write the book, because, I mean, you know, there's there's just so many things that are out there in the world today related to, you know, communication, so many things related to how we should talk to people and how we should, you know, be authentic and then, you know, how we should kind of show up and our personality and in our attitudes and so forth and so on. But, you know, when we start talking about honest communication, It's almost like thou shall turn the other cheek because a lot of people sometimes don't communicate honestly. And so I'm just very intrigued about what aspired you to write this book.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, first of all, in your intro, we were talking about why can't everyone just be honest? And it's it's one of the things that I miss about. I used to live in New York. I lived there. went to college and I lived there for a decade. And I loved how like everyone just calls it like it is. Uh-huh. And then I moved to Los Angeles where I live now. And it's like, no one calls it like it is. It's impossible to get someone to say no. It's a yes uh-huh. town. Everyone says yes, yes, yes. But they're really feeling or want to say no, no, no. So it's one of the things that I actually miss about living in New York. Um, is it really, you just know where you stand in New York in a way that you don't in other parts of the world. But to answer your question, I was the person that I just didn't have the skills that I now have from writing the book. But I went through life just, you know, accumulating people, whether they be, you know, new friends, or, you know, I'd be on the bus, and I'd meet someone really interesting. And I'm a very, as you know, Greg, a very outgoing person. So for Mm -hmm. me, I can just make friends wherever I go. And I reached a point kind of around the time that I was about to turn 30, I think, where I'm like, Oh, my God, I've got so many friends, I'm exhausted. Like I, if I'm not, you know, didn't have plans with this person, I would double plan. I just realized I can't handle all this. And when I really looked at all of my friendships, you know, a lot of them, they didn't serve me anymore. And mm-hmm. I was just exhausted and I had no real skills how to end them. And some people will say, just do the fade away, right? If you don't want to, you know, hang out with that person anymore, don't call them back. And I Mm -hmm. did try that. And sometimes if the other person feels the same way, the fadeaway is a perfect way to get out of a relationship. But for Mm -hmm. me, I was finding that I would try to not call someone back, but they would continue to call me and it was stressing me out. And I was deleting messages, not returning calls, emails, what have you. But I just, I was stressed out by it because like many people, I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And so even though this friend, you know, one friend might exhaust me, and everyone knows that exhausting friend where you like can't get a word in, or you just feel like this person has thrown everything at me. I need a nap. I had a lot of those <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. know how to speak up. I didn't know how to say, I'm done with this. And so right. it was really to get a you know, long story longer, it was my need to understand. I've got to come up with a plan how to end relationships and I didn't want to be that person that would reach their breaking breaking point and yell at someone like I can't do this anymore I'm done with you which we all have sure. done that or know people that have done that. It was right. my search to kind of and I had not read a self-help book until this point. I'm like I, I but I'm I was all open to show me a self-help book. Show me some book that will help me end all these non-romantic relationships. Mm
1: -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. I
0: realized there was no such book, I kind of paused because I was a comedy writer. And so I initially, I'm like, well, I I don't know how I could write a book about this. But then I had, you know, I found this incredible agent and the tuba sat down and, and she said, Elizabeth said to me, look, you can do this. You can go and research and talk to people and build tools and skills. Let's mm-hmm. do this. And we ended up selling the idea to Harper Collins who very generously allowed me those 10 months to go around the country to talk to just everyday people as well mm-hmm. as therapists and doctors and I started to kind of really see a theme Um, And I started to kind of connect some dots and put some tools together that really, while I was in this process, I thought, I know my parents will read this book, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I really was doing this for myself because I needed to know how to do it. And no one was going to teach me, but me. So that's my journey. Like, I am grateful that HarperCollins allowed this time that I got to really explore and, and like I said, talk to people. And at the end of the day, I had a book and I learned how to do it. And since that day, I've been, you know, every day I've been working on honest communication and really understanding what that meant and how to kind of be like you had mentioned your most authentic self and being in your most, you know, honest um, place, which I wasn't. I was in kind of that little girl place of I'm a good person Good girls don't, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. I was kind mm-hmm. of given all these mm-hmm. messages, which I think a lot of people are given at an early age and they kind of develop these core beliefs. I am this person right. and, and I am a good person and I'm going to do what my grandmother said, which is not hurt anyone's feelings. And I realized mm-hmm. all that stuff I had learned, Greg, was not going to help me.
1: Right. So the book right. happened. Yeah, well, we certainly yeah, appreciate you sharing that backstory. And you know, from my standpoint, I, I can truly relate with you growing up in the South. You know, and it's a hosp hospitable uh, hospitable type state where you know you're always very cordial and treating people with respect and 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 trying to put on the best possible persona of you as you possibly can. Yep. And and that creates a lot of you know. Plutonic relationships that creates a lot of, you know, literate and emotional commitment that sucks up your time. And, you know, what I found out in life later on, I didn't really qualify this word until one of my advisors uh, shared it with me. They said, sometimes, Greg, when you're out and People are really kind of gravitating toward you, towards you, and they're not really giving you significant value, but yet they still kind of want to to linger. You know, they just want to be in 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 the presence, or maybe they're maybe they're latched on like a leech, and they they really don't want to to let go. Mm-hmm. He defined that to me, or excuse me, she defined that to me as sexist. Much?
0: <laughs> no, no,
1: not at all, not at all, not yeah. at all. Uh, she defined it as a person uh, that she defined as being a hang arounder. her. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, so, I would say a hanger on her, but a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had a number of those, but but, uh, but I've never done anything in the past to discourage that because there's a part of me that was the care. I I was raised as a caretaker. Like my mom always kind of gave me that message that you're such a good girl. I, you know, you're, you're so helpful. You know, I love it when you, you know, help me make dinner or whatever it was. So in my mind, the message that I got was to be a caretaker, but I was also given the message of, um, my needs aren't as important as other people's. So therefore those hanger honors, I might look at them and go, Oh, he's a hanger honor because he wasn't loved by his father or whatever it was. Mm -hmm, mm I would find these little things like, Oh my God, this person, like my, I have a friend whose father's a Holocaust survivor. And so I'm like, Oh, he's, he needs, you know, um, his parents are gone. He's an orphan. He needs love. And I can give him love like as a friend. And I would make these kind of not excuses, but I would convince myself why it was important that I held on to those relationships. And as you can hear from what I'm saying is my needs in this weren't getting met. Yeah. And, and, but I didn't understand. I thought that's what the normal thing was because those were the core beliefs that I was raised with.
1: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's,
0: it, it, it requires work to actually yes. be, you know, we're, you know, this topic of honest communication, it's important mm-hmm. that we're being like honest with ourselves. Like I think right. I was someone who, because like I, I just said how I was raised, I would always say, yes, I was a yes person. Do you, do you, you need, you know, Jodine's help? Yes, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was being honest by saying, yeah, I'd love to help you, but I wasn't right. being honest. That was actually yeah. like a core belief that no longer served me. So I Mm -hmm, think at mm -hmm. some point, as we age, and I actually think it's something that we probably will do our whole life, it's a journey, is we have to reassess, you know, who we are in the present, and be able to identify things that don't serve us anymore. Like, we don't have to always say yes to things. You're right. And so being honest with yourself, not so much being honest, I mean, yes, you want to be honest with the other person, of course, but if you're really being honest with who you are yourself, then that's the most important game in this larger conversation about, you know, honest communication. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I I agree with you wholeheartedly and, you know, just kind of takes me back where, you know, I can recall the different transformations in my life or transitions in my life per se, where, you know leaving high school and going into the military, you know, and and realizing that, you know, kind of being naive and not really exposed to the world a lot uh, at that time and having to grow and trying to figure out all these different aspects of, of being honest to yourself. And I found myself being a young recruit in the military you know, trying to do the right things and having this Southern, you know, uh, kind of heart where mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, just go talk to Proctor. He'll he'll stand your watch, you know, just uh, negotiate, you know, terms with them and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll do it. He He's always he's always kind of like like you said, you know, that that yes guy. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it just got to a point to where you know once you get beyond the you know the the kind of the naive phase of things where begin to transition into something a little bit more rigid you know with regards yeah. to the the aspect of who I was as a person and how I wanted to be perceived and how I wanted to be treated. And I had gotten very involved with marathon running and 10Ks and at one point in time made the Navy track team and just, you know, aspire to just really be, you know, a great athlete and plus plus being a great service member at the time and just moving my life forward based on, you know, who I was at, at that point. And then, you know, you go through your first marriage and you go through your second marriage and, you know, you're on your third marriage and then you go, well, you know, life has slapped you around a bunch of times. You've had highs and lows and, you know, people have called you everything under the sun and, you know, you should change this and you should change that. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you consider like like we've talked about just a moment ago, when you look at yourself and you realize what does. You know, your heart need? What does your soul need? What does your fulfillment need to make you feel somewhat happy? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have uh, content within yourself to be honest with yourself, to be able to move away from these situations that are really kind of thrust upon you, even though you really may not want them. They may come unwarranted, but yet you don't have the strength or the courage to be able to move forward. And so I remember this one point in my life, this is well after military and I was on to my semiconductor career as a young engineer. I remember this one point late at night working a night shift, sitting down at the dinner table with a bunch of other engineers and saying, one day myself and one of my other colleagues, one day I am going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to have my own business, my own companies and I'm going to I'm going to move forward and I remember the, the torment, like it was almost like high school, you know, from everybody else. It was like, you guys are never going to amount to the S H I T. You guys are going to be right back here. If you leave this great paying job, you're going to come back. And I said to myself, honestly, is -hmm. that what you think? You know, honestly. Mm. And I vowed at that point in my life. Okay. This is like, First kid, second marriage, you know, all mm-hmm. of the responsibilities weighed, weighed in on shoulder. I vowed at that point, I said, you know what, I am not going to let anybody deter me any more from doing what I want to do. If I don't want to work under a corporate banner, then so be it. That's the way it's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to dedicate, learn, educate everything that I need to do to be able to move that needle forward. And I did it and so those folks that were so keen at that moment in time many many years ago that thought i was going to come back into the sanctum we are no longer incognito. <laughs> so mm. it was like it was like that was my way to escape and it, and it, and it, and it really felt like my way to escape at that point in time by me being honest was really to show up and be true to my own words at that moment in time and not only prove them wrong, but really continue to aspire well beyond what they thought I could aspire to become. And uh, that was the first stepping stone for me, not only from an entrepreneurial standpoint, but from a standpoint of really kind of not allowing for all of these other things to really kind of circumvent and pull me back into the vortex. And I went on to have a great career, you know, Mm -hmm. preceding that, but you know, it took so many years to get to that point of having that honest communication. Yeah.
0: It's incredible to me that, that here are these people that were telling you like, yeah, go off and do that. You're just going to come back here. So they're basically telling you that you're not worthy. Right. That that's right. We can't. That's and that's right. just, I mean, wow, that's so interesting to hear what kind of damage those people had that were telling you that. Because, honest, mm-hmm. like, you know, part of this honest communication, it's like you want to kind of come from your most authentic self. But I also would now realize I want to be akin, I want to be with another circle of people that are on that same playing field. Right. Because that's deep trust. And people that you trust and who support you aren't saying things to you like, fine, go off. You're never going to be able to make it. You're going to come back like, wow, talk about damage. You know, talk about them projecting their childhood damage on you. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's full on. So that takes great, um, you know, good for you for being able to listen. You intuitively knew that this wasn't where you needed to be and that you were going to go on. And do other things which you did so that's also part of to me honest communication is is really trusting your intuition you knew that you were in a situation that didn't feel right even if it felt Mm -hmm. comfortable to you um Mm -hmm. intuitively you knew i'm out of this like i'm gonna go on and do amazing things and you knew that you trusted your intuition which i think as we get older it's funny i was just hanging out with my niece the other day who's three and a half and right. talk about intuition. Like, if, if, you know, we were trying to do this game with her that was involving, it's called Dots, where you kind of go dot, 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 and you kind uh-huh. of run your fingertips along the child's body and until you go and just make them laugh.
1: And right, I right.
0: love that when she was two. That was like her thing. And mm-hmm. now we were trying to do dots at three and a half. And she's like, no, no. Like, she's like, push my hand away. And right. that's intuition. She knew, I don't want to be touched anymore. And you watch kids and you realize, wow, they're only intuition. You know, young children, they only come from intuition. They know intuitively, I don't want to be touched. I don't like it when you do this. But somehow we lose that intuition. And it comes usually from parenting or your, your, your religious cycle, your schooling. We get all these messages that tell us, don't trust your intuition you're too mm-hmm. sensitive you're too this and so we lose that connection to our intuition so it's it's for me as i get older i realize i got to get back to my intuition cuz i know when i don't want to do something and so sometimes sure. for me it's rather than go back to that yes person that i used to be i take a pause so if someone says hey um do you want to help at the bake sale this weekend Bad mm-hmm. example because I've actually never worked at a bake ex- you know bake sale, but I'm just using that as an example. In the past, sure. I'd just be like, Yeah, absolutely, of course I want to help. But now mm-hmm. I pause and I listen to my gut. Do I really want to do this? And and right. it probably would be no. And so now I'm able to say it's not gonna work for me. And yeah. that's something you know I talk about in and dump 'em in my book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is mm-hmm. I feel and I don't think you have this, Greg, but it's a it's a I don't like to generalize, but I will for a moment. Sure. Women tend to, rather than just guys are so much better at like, if a guy says, Hey, do you want to play basketball? You know, mm-hmm. the guy would be like, no, nah, it's not going to work. Nope. And the other guy goes, okay, cool. And then moves on. Whereas if a woman right. says something like, Hey, do you want to go shopping on Saturday? That's also a sexist example. Right. I, in the past, women generally be like, Oh, I can't. And then list all these reasons, why they can't, oh, I've got, you know, to pick up the kids, I've got to do this. We don't mm-hmm,
1: owe people mm-hmm.
0: any explanation. If we don't right. want to do something, all you have to say is, hey, that sounds fun, I can't do it. And That's right. guys are so much better at that, but we over women tend to just over talk. And sometimes we create little white lies like, oh, I've got to do this, I gotta do that. Just it's okay to just say like, hey, I can't on Saturday. Sorry, I'm busy. You know, yeah. just it's funny how how we feel like we owe someone all these explanations, but we don't. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's like, not I, listening to your intuition. So good for you like to, to, to go full circle. It's amazing that you trusted it, you went off, and now you're doing very awesome things. And I wonder what those guys are doing that said you'll be back. Do you know? Well,
1: con- considering that industry completely died here in the US, the semiconductor industry in, in a lot of cities that I worked in, pretty much dried up. Um, I can only imagine what what what's going on with those particular individuals at this point in time. A lot of them are not even in the semiconductor industry anymore. Ah. Uh, so. Ah so at, yeah. le- at least at least from my at least from my standpoint not to kind of toot my own horn or pat myself on the back but you know i got a much earlier start <laughs> in dealing yep. with you know other other industries uh well ahead of that curve because uh as they say you don't want to be the last man standing as the titanic is is sinking you know sure <laughs> yep. yeah well
0: good for you, you got out
1: yeah so yeah. so jodyne um you know, one of the things that I've, I've always been curious about, you know, because, you know, we've interviewed authors before on our program and, you know, they've talked about the research and and kind of the quantitative, qualitative approaches that they've taken with regards to speaking with people and and really trying to gather, you know, this information as they're putting together, you know, the right, you know, the notion of how they're going to draft their book. Mm-hmm. The one question that I have for you is, as you were going around really trying to digest, you know, the fact of, you know, the honest communication, you know, and, and really kind of dissecting all of the themes of how to really separate yourself from something that you really don't want to carry forward. You know, if we want to call that baggage or your friend or your hairdresser, did you find that people are accountable? And on top of that, if that's a yes or no, kind of general statement, did they keep their promises and commitments? Because in a lot of cases, what we typically kind of discover in some of these, you know, research themes that are going on is that a lot of people try and hold themselves accountable, but sometimes those commitments become too far for them to grasp or too far for them to reach and they end up falling short. And so therefore, if they fall short on their commitment, they fall short on their promise, either whether it's to their family or to themselves. Just out of curiosity, what did your research conclude?
0: I don't think I'm following your your question. So in my research, um, when you say where people felt they were being, were they accountable? can you explain? I'm, I'm, I'm not following the question.
1: Yeah. So so basically, I guess the, I guess let me rephrase the question. Yeah. You know, when 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 you were looking at the fact of, you know, kind of the yes, no of, you know, people trying to break away from, you know, relationships or break away in a positive way from their um X's or whatever, whatever breakaway they're trying to conclude. Did you find that they held themselves accountable? Like, you know, in other words, were they very firm about keeping their commitment that yes, you know, when they were talking with you, yes, I am going to do this by day X, or did they fall short of that? Because they they felt more emotionally connected to that individual and they felt like maybe they would hurt them more by breaking it off than trying to just amend it and continue to drag it along. I guess that's another way of asking your
0: question. Okay. Well, I hear what you're saying. It's it's, it's a a, a trickier question. Um, Trickier only in that I think most of the people that I was interviewing were all people similar to me and that they have a history of not being able okay. to say no, or not being able to, um, you know, end a relationship that was no longer working for them. Right. So that's mm-hmm, the research mm-hmm. of my book. So I went in and these were people that right, right away, it's not that they don't want to be held accountable. They want to exit a relationship and they're like, I don't know how to do this because I play bridge with this person or True. I just, I'm going to see them at the supermarket. So I, rather than break up with them, which they didn't know how to do, they just continued in these relationships. Right. So that mm-hmm. was the basis mm-hmm. of, of what I was researching and hearing the stories about how they, you know, avoided breaking up with someone. And so my research was kind of, all right, this, there's patterns here. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We share mutual friends or we go to the same dermatologist. Like there's a lot of reasons that we can create, um, To not break up with something, but they, at the end of the day, they're all excuses. If you don't want to be in a relationship, you know, you got to exit that relationship, not make excuses while you're staying in it. And so my book is all about, well, how then do you do it and how do you do it in a honest way that's kind but yet that you get your needs met, that you can end this relationship, and so that's not necessarily being accountable for your actions. It's just mm-hmm. being empowered or embodied in your authentic self that you can honor uh, your desire to exit a relationship. And so that's kind of what Dump 'em has been about is is that journey of how do you speak up, and and part sure. of that is. Is also kind of giving some heads up, some um, laying the groundwork, is what I call it in dumpum. It's that you know I th- think it's always easier to get out of a relationship if we give them little warnings, like rather right. than just being extreme and black and white, like I'm out of here. Maybe there's right. a situation in which you can give some warnings, like hey, this is I'm not comfortable when you know you're you, you're asking me out every Saturday because I've got other commitments, or just giving mm-hmm. little warnings. Mm-hmm. So that when we come to actually ending the relationship or having that uncomfortable conversation, it's already been peppered in earlier. It just makes a a cleaner exit as opposed to just that, that kind of like, I'm over, I'm done. So I'm not sure I necessarily answered your question, but I think I gave some hopefully kind of pieces useful? Maybe? Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. at the, at the end, at the end of the day, um, you know, we all kind of have to have um, a philosophy or governance or standards, you know, particularly as we, we, we hold ourselves accountable. And I, so, you know, in the context of you answering my question, I, I think you, you went about it in a way that, that I believe really hit on several key points, you know, as far as being able to tactfully, Break that tie to be able to conquer the fear of confrontation and peacefully kind of draw the line where it's more of a permanent move on, move away circumstance than than rather, you know. I'm going to continue to move this, you know, thing forward, even though I really don't want to. And so I'm really not going to keep my commitments. I'm not going to hold myself accountable. And, you know, I'm, I'm letting myself down by, by continuing to do something that I don't want to do. And so I, I, I certainly believe that you, you, you left us with the nuggets that we were looking for, for insight and for, uh, for clarity, with regards to you know, how to move forward in the, in the best possible cortical uh, manner to be able to, to get out of that situation or any right. situation for that matter. yeah.
0: Also, one thing yeah. I would like to add is like, I, one thing I do realize and, and I, I, I want to um, share with your listeners is that I feel like we sometimes don't give other people credit for how strong mm-hmm. they are. Like I used right. to very much be someone like, oh, this person can't handle it if I broke up with them. But that's crazy mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I don't know how someone's going to react. And right. more often than not, when we, it's, when we exit a relationship or you know express that we're not happy with a, a component in a relationship, we sometimes mm-hmm. think, oh, they're not going to be able to handle this. They are. People are stronger than we think they are. It really right. comes down to how are we expressing ourselves? How are, yes. we, are we showing respect Are we being kind to them? Are we listening to them? Because I mm-hmm. think that's also important too is I encourage everyone to speak from their authentic self. With that said, you also have to know that someone's going to come back with their own, you know, hey, but you did this or however it's going to go. And we owe that to the other person to listen mm-hmm. to them and to mm-hmm. really hear what they're saying. And to, mm-hmm. to not come at it from a defensive place, but a place of, is there information that I'm getting from this person that I can can I, you know carry with me to future other relationships? Because I think we right. learn from people. Even if it's a bad relationship, there's something for us to learn. And it's Absolutely. up to us to do the work to figure out what that is.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. <laughs> so, I like that. So let's uh, – Let's put a little humor. I mean, you had you had some humor insights with regards to some of the tools to recognize and in the unwanted relationship in a honest manner. Could you share with our listeners a few of those uh, tools or or tips that, you know, you you kind of wrote about in your book?
0: Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I touched upon the, the, the precursor. The first step is really to give those kind of um You know, laying the groundwork is what I call them, but to give those possible little like, hey, this isn't working. I mean, there's certainly Mm -hmm. there's some relationships. If you find out that, you know, if your hairdresser gives you, um, you know, dyes your hair green instead of blonde, well, that's not something you need to lay the groundwork for. That's a quick exit. So, you know, take this with not a grain of salt, but but every, every relationship is obviously very different. So we have to kind of take certain things. Um, yep. and, and tweak them a bit, but if you can lay the groundwork, it makes it super easy for when you actually are going to end a relationship. Right. Um, so that's one little tool. And then when you're ready to actually have the conversation with someone, whether it's an actual exit or, you know, some relationships, romantic relationships, deeper relationships with friends, we don't want to exit that. We just need to kind of tweak our relationship. Mm-hmm. And when we're ready to do that, I think it's really important that we make sure that we come to it from a place of calm. Like if we have a charge, like if we're upset, like I know what it's like to be triggered inside and feel angry and Mm -hmm. really want to just kind of go in and have my point heard. And that's really all I want. If that's Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you're at, do not have the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's important just to be like, very calm and very connected to what I was talking about earlier, which is your um, intuition, like trusting mm-hmm. yourself and coming from this, having this conversation from a very relaxed, calm place. Mm-hmm. And then make sure the other person is ready to receive as well. Like right. if they're not in if they're at work or they're in the car with their kids, like make sure, you know, when you're having this conversation that both partners at both people are ready to have it. Mm -hmm. And then when Mm -hmm. we have it, it's really about being honest, being gentle, being clear as possible and not babble, which was, which is what I was talking about earlier, how women often tend to like have all these things going on and excuses, just be as clear as possible. Why is, what, what do you need to get addressed? What's not working clear and clean. And then it's listening, not Mm -hmm. reacting, but just being present making them feel safe, listening to what they're trying to say to you, you know, because there's always two sides to a story and, you know, be open to shifting course, right? Because it never goes as we plan. Like we can, people often say, Oh, just make sure you go over, practice what you're going to say, practice what your response is going to be. There's nothing wrong with that, but we Mm -hmm. need to be open that 99% of the time it's going to go in different directions and be Absolutely. open to those directions. Really right. listen and see what the information is that's being given to you. And then I think at the end, it's letting them respond. Mm-hmm. Letting them kind of get whatever they need to say off their chest. And right. then it's about kind of creating a plan together. And part of that plan could also just be like, hey, this relationship is done. And
1: mm-hmm. then
0: sometimes, and sometimes you can both go your separate ways. Or sometimes you need to figure out, well, shoot. What are we going to do because we're both going to the same party on Saturday? Do we acknowledge right. each other? Like try to kind of, you know, figure out, tie up those loose ends. Yeah. And then the last kind of nugget I'll put in is sometimes we think it's like, all right, this relationship is done. I'm old. like mm-hmm, the hairdresser. Mm-hmm. When you started with, I think at the beginning of our call, um, right. it's funny because. I'm someone who just like, I shower and I let my hair go and dry on its own and that's, I'm very low maintenance. But this right. chapter on my book tour, and to this day, that's the chapter that people want to talk about the most. And that's because so <laughs> many women get their hair colored, they get their hair blown out or set. They spend hours with their hairdresser, developing right. you know, a really intimate relationship at times.
1: Sure. And sure. so
0: that's been a challenging relationship for a lot of people, mostly women. And I often get this call that's like, shoot, I completely screwed up how I left my hairdresser. How right. do I get her back? How do I go back? Right. So that's right. why in my book, I talk about just be like, sure, if you're about to end a relationship, do you maybe want to keep the door open for a return? Right. You know, If you dump your hairdresser and that's the end of the day, like that's it, then mm-hmm. it's, it's really uncomfortable. Like, oh, how am I going to get back there? So just right. know how you want to exit, you know, do it with kindness, because if you're kind about it, then it makes an easier return. Yeah. The same with friends. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, I had a lot of conversations on the road with people that either really off like like yelled at their friends i never want to see you again blah 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 and then mm-hmm. that was that or mm-hmm. I, I i there's a lot of it was really hard to hear a lot of uh people who did the ghost ghosting which we talk about how right. like they just stop taking their calls but when right. one person continues to call the other person they're now left with heartache They wonder, like, well, what happened to my friend? I kept calling her and calling her, and she didn't return my calls. That is such an awful thing to do to someone. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And we
0: oftentimes think, well, I'm actually protecting them, which, A, is not your responsibility to protect them in this situation. They protect themselves, right? If you really wanted to protect them or, or help them, you would explain or let them know what's happening. So you don't let them Mm -hmm. suffer. I mean, I Mm -hmm. once had a friendship that I did that to years ago and I still to this day, it haunts me, but I've made amends with that person because I wrote my book and got healthy, but it's a really not fun place to sit in that gray area where we Mm -hmm. don't tell the person why we're leaving. It doesn't feel good. It feels so much better to tie up our loose ends and that helps us really live in the present and, and not in the gray, which I think is really important. And I do talk about it that in dumpum but I think that's a, a good message for the listeners to hear. Is you know, oh shoot, I, I actually didn't really think about how it would make the other person feel, and I don't want right. to be that person. I want to live in my authentic self, and that means tie up the loose ends, be clear yeah. with your communication, and listen. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, we certainly uh, we certainly have enjoyed, you know, all of the tips and the wisdom and the insight and the reasons why you wrote the book, Dump Them. We do understand the importance now of seeking closure in a manner that provides you with either the ability to move on or the ability to keep the door open And so, Jodine, thank you very much. And I have one more quote that I think is just so important. I've held this off because I do have the magic question at the end. You know, I need like, uh, I, I need, I need for you to like, uh, Tell Sarah I said hello. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I will.
1: <laughs> and have her listen, listen to this episode, right? And she'll be like, maybe I should contact Greg and see about being on there. He seems seems like he's a pretty fun guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you, Greg, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, buddy. But you have not shared with your listeners who my sister is. So now they're thinking, well, well if they're listening, they're thinking, what is what is who Sarah?
1: We're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And so to my listeners, before I read this final quote, because I I tell you this quote, it resonates with with Jodine and everything we've talked about. And I want to save it to the to the very last minute. But anyway, in my opening remarks to everyone, you know. I said I was going to hold off, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm literally, you know, I'm, I'm holding off because this came as a surprise to me. And when I told Jodine this, she was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay. So to our listeners that are listening, her sister is Sarah Kate Silverman, who is well-known as an American stand-up comedian actress, singer, and writer, who's known for very controversial topics and the categories of sexism, racism, politics, religions, but hey, we all know her for her great stand-up comedy and she is funny as you know what, you know, when it comes to being a comedian. And so I've shared that with our listeners. So they're not in suspense going, hey, wake up over there, you know, like, like even my guys in the studio are going, you know, hey, so, so who, whose sister, you know, is she? So, so there you go. Now, this quote that I found, excuse me, for closing remarks, basically says Open, honest communication is the best foundation for any relationship. But remember, at the end of the day, it's not what you say or what you do, but how you make people feel is the most important manner. So if there's anything that my listeners have taken away from Jodine's experience, from what we've talked about with her book, us talking about honest communication, so forth and so on, it is about... And I'm going to say this very loosely because of, of what we talked about earlier as to how we were raised and and the fact of uh, you know how our parents brought us up as far as being very cordial and treating people with respect and, and learning all of these great things, which really don't help you out when you're trying to break away from somebody. But think about those things because they are important in life. They do carry you in, in in many different directions, particularly all positive. And uh, don't lose sight of how you walk away from your relationship, from your friends, from your hairdresser, whatever the case may be. And, uh, Jodine, again, thank you very much for having a very open an honest conversation with me. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I've enjoyed this. I hope that everything's going well for you in Australia. You know, people are going, hey, wait a minute, Australia. Yeah, she's on the other side of the planet and we're having fun with this uh, with this dialogue. But, uh, you know, I hope that we can continue to prosper and continue to uh, collaborate on some other things.
0: I would love that. I had a Absolutely. really fun time chatting with you as always, Rick
1: absolutely absolutely and so to our listeners uh again thank everyone you know we realize this week has been uh, somewhat of of tragic uh circumstances particularly for those um that are in the state of georgia um, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone um there with regards to the incident that that occurred um Basically, for me, as I've always stated, you know, folks, we have to maintain our compassion and our empathy and try to unite and, and bring forth togetherness. If we're going to improve not only oneself, but the quality of our environment, our society and this world as we continue to move forward. And so this has been Episode 109 entitled Honest Communication. Thank you very much again, Jodine. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.